Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is uh, episode two with a uh, special guest today, Mauricio Botero. Um, and we'll start with that. Mauricio, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, let's start off with your, uh, obviously, name, Branch, <laughs> branch and uh, rank you got out as. Yeah, Mauricio Botero. And I am a United States Marine Corps veteran. I did four years active, nine years reserve. And I did it all in Quantico, all 13 years, which is uh, a little odd for most people. Man. I know. (laughs) I get that reaction a lot. (laughs) I mean, I did four in one spot, but to do 13. But no, but it's different because you did reserve. Um, where, Where were you born and raised? Born and raised in Miami. I actually joined the Marine Corps to leave Miami. Yeah. Uh, which makes people wonder what the hell was I doing. And uh, yeah, born and raised in Miami all the 18 years. Not thinking back like, why did I leave Miami? <laughs> I did it on purpose. I had to get out of there, man. That place is not... There, I didn't have much uh, future plans for myself there. So okay. I used the Marine Corps to, to get out. But So leading up to the Marine Corps, when you were in high school... Um, what what led up to it? What did uh, did you have a job? Were you working? Yeah. You know, what did the, when you met the recruiter? What did they say? Or, or you know, how'd that go? Yeah, so I'm the typical, you know, didn't come from much means type of story. You know, parents were not well off. Mom was struggling. Single mom. Uh, dad was actually in prison when I was in middle and high school. So single mom, and I was working. You know, 13, 14 years old, and then like more formally with real jobs at at 16. And uh, movie theaters, carnivals, and then I got, I'm a computer guy, and I was doing computers since I was like eight years old, and I got a job as a computer guy at my sister's um, insurance company. Okay. A couple hours a day after school, I'd drive straight there, change some clothes, and, and I'd work on their computers. They made me help desk person. With like Windows 98? <laughs> oh my, yeah, it was 98 and like Windows NT. <laughs> and they had me working on their insurance software for Progressive. I had no, I was completely... Learning as I went. Yeah. I had an A plus book from the computer people. You know what I'm talking about? The A plus certification book. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was reading it while I was working and trying to fix their computers. Um, all these adults thought I was super smart, but and uh, so I knew I wanted to do computers at some point. Yeah. But I was also the classic sob story of really smart kid, terrible grades. Yeah. Just half assing my way through school as much as possible. And, uh, you know, my friends always make joking me. I'd be sleeping through class <laughs> and fail all the, his, the the tests and homework. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, fail all the homework, but I'd pass all the tests. But you tested well. I, I, I was kind of the same way. You know, you just, I, I'd go to work or something, then you come home. I didn't do my homework. and <laughs> nope. No, no homework. And somehow I, I passed my tests. Um, yep. But so then... Your recruiter, how did you, how did it start? Did you, did you approach them or did they approach you first? Yeah, I was talking about this with someone the other day. I'm pretty sure what happened was I did the typical, the recruiter was at the school, do some push-ups or pull-ups at the pull-up bar and then sign this little piece of paper and then they'll call you later. Yeah. And then they called me just at the right day at the right time. I was at a house party with one of my best friends, John. Yeah. And I was trying to hook up with the chick. It didn't work out. And I was sitting there all dejected. I was like, man. And then I got that call from the recruiter. He's like, what are you doing? I said, not much. He's like, uh, what are you doing after high school? <laughs> Nothing. He's like, you want to come by the office and talk about your options? And I said, sure. And that's how it started. I went to the recruiter's office the next day. And I said, um, you want to travel the world? I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. You know, when they had the little blocks for the uh, Marine Corps recruiters, yeah, 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 yeah. the the little tags, pick the things that are interesting to you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to travel. I want to go to Japan. And yeah. they all started laughing. Like, you know, usually we, we lie to you recruits about where you're going to go. You're probably going to end up going to Japan, but you want to go to Japan? Yeah. Like, this is a done, easy, no easy, problem. Easy, done deal. <laughs> the probability is very high you're going to go to Japan. And then I saw a McMath poster. On so that, the, that was that was promise number one that, the, that they promise said. Promise number one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you signed up. Were you, for most of us, when you're in high school, you're still 18. Um, or you're still 17. 17. You're, excuse me, you're underage. 
did your mom have to sign or anything like that um, to be in the delayed entry program? Yeah, so 17. So I said, you're going to have to get uh, my parents' signature. Hey, that's going to be tough. Uh, my mom is has no idea what the Marine Corps is, and she's going to freak out because I'm five foot six, 100 pounds. <laughs> so she thinks I'm going to die. And this is post 9-11. This is 2002. Okay. Summer 2002. So, you know, I'm going to be joining with all the crazies. Yeah. Who want to go kill Taliban. Yeah. And I just want to work on computers and go to Japan. Yeah. So, and I'm like, and my dad is in federal prison. So you're going to have to go visit him. He's like, yep, let's go. Really? So he did. He suited up in his, uh, in his Charlies and his Deltas. And I took him to the prison to visit my dad. And my dad was giving him shit. Like, you're going to take my son to war and die. I'm like, dad, just signed the fucking paper. Yeah, and this like, is right after nine eleven. Right after nine eleven, man. And so that wasn't a that wasn't a play on joining. It was it's, not it's, at all. I just wanted to go work on computers and travel the world. Just want and to have work somebody pay for it. Yep, pretty much. That the the military is going to do that for you. Do you? So you you join, you sign, graduate high school. Was it immediate? Uh, after high school that you were you shipped off or did you have to wait no that was one of the good advice that my cousin or and some of my family gave me they said you know don't let them pressure you to leave they had some bad experience with that i wanted my computer job there was no other way i was joining the marine corps that's okay. it give me my computer job they said you got to test first so i took the asfab they were doing freaking backflips in that recruiter's office They're like we got a smart one this is great. <laughs> you pass it with flying colors you can have any job you want unless you smoked weed right and I yeah said, never yeah, you know, wink, wink. Never. <laughs> and I said okay, and uh, yeah, so I had to wait. I had to wait until October. Okay. So, yeah, yes. I signed in, in in April, and uh, you know, graduate school in in June or July, and then wait till October. A couple months. That's yeah. good. I think that that's a good way. Instead of you have a few months right after high school. Yep. Make it count too. It makes yeah. You make it count. So it's not. I think initially I was supposed to leave right from. Uh, graduating, huh. but I couldn't pass my fitness test. The initial, the I, I think IFT initial fitness yeah. test. Oh come on! Yeah, Oof. I was yeah I was a big boy. <laughs> I mean, I still am a big boy, but I can run now. <laughs> you got some lungs. <laughs> yeah, I got some lungs now, and I can run. Um, yeah, I was supposed to leave, so I had to wait till I passed the initial, and then uh, it was October time frame when I left to to, to boot camp. Yeah, uh, like yourself. So, all right, you, you're you're now you're you're leaving. You're leaving boot camp. You get to boot camp. How how was you arrive at boot camp? What's that like? Like you, everybody has you know, vibrant memories of like when yeah. they get there. And then wh- where where did you go? Which so I went to the real Marine Corps boot camp, oh, which is okay. in okay. Island. <laughs> and what happens when you get there, especially when you fly in? Saha snuck that in there. Is they collect you up in the local airport. Everyone's flying in from all the different airports into one airport. And then in this airport, they have kind of like a, almost like a holding pen where they're processing all these recruits, getting the paperwork, and then getting you on that bus. Yeah. So I remember it was me, three other dudes or something like that from Miami. And we get to the airport and there's a, a recruiter or, or someone that looks like a recruiter, uh, a drill instructor walking around the airport up and down. He's like, yeah. Are you here for boot camp? Uh, we were like, before we even finished saying the word yes, sir, he snapped us up into attention in the airport, the civilian part of the airport. Started yelling then. The yelling started then. Oh, really? I don't. Right then. Stand position, attention right now, right? You better say yes, sir. Head up straight, back, back straight, head up, I, sir. Yeah. We're like, I, sir. What? <laughs> the yelling, the finger. In the face, in the airport. The the double the double point the the oh yeah the index finger and the thumb at the same time. Yep, <laughs> it's like you're holding the, the sandwich <laughs> sandwich point. Yeah, that. <laughs> like he's gonna pluck a hair off your face. And uh, they shuttled us down into the bottom pit of the airport in this holding pen, and that's you know uh, moment number one where I said, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Yeah, there is a lot of bigger people than me. Yeah, <laughs> so small <laughs> compared to these guys. So that's my first thought was. I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, what is going to happen to me? And then I got picked to be the guy who gets the IDs, and and they made me say something stupid to everyone, like, make sure your ID is blah, 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 and and have your paperwork ready to go. They gave me some script to read, and I had to read it for, like, two hours to these hundreds of dudes. I had to, like, yell at them. And they would always tell me, they remember me, like, a couple weeks later when we got into boot camp, 
they were just giving me shit like you were that kid you were that kid telling this <laughs> I'm just saying there's Reading one kid out. that got picked out out of these hundreds of dudes who were going through boot camp I'm the one that they remember yelling and screaming because of course they may be yelling and screaming blah 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 ID card <laughs> and then uh, when we got when we got to boot camp you know yellow footprints the screaming and the yelling getting through the door and one thing that happened that was so crazy was when they were throwing us the uniform items. Yeah. Boots, socks, you know, all that stuff. Sure. Show it, yeah. then dump it out again, that whole game. Somehow your boy didn't get uh, boot socks. Okay. I went through two months of boot camp with dress socks. With dress socks? I and didn't no know. Yo, you didn't Nobody know. told me I was supposed to have boot socks. Oh, and, and you were wearing socks. those thin... The thin dress socks, like you wear for a suit. Like, yep. you, oh my God! For so some asshole in my boot camp had double pair of boot socks and no dress socks. Oh, oh God! I couldn't imagine. Well, I mean, I think for myself, being a big boy yeah. on, on my feet, that would have. Oh my God! Were your feet fine? Did it? I mean, yeah, they were fine. I, but you, but you were wearing dress socks. Yeah, I was wearing dress socks. <laughs> it wasn't until we went to like get a uniform resupply. Or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? What the, what, why are these socks so They're different? They're so thick. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Do you, um, so was it tough mentally? Yeah. Or physically um, for yourself in boot camp? I would say it was mostly mentally. So physically, I was super, super in shape. I was very fit in shape. I was tiny though. So anything that was requiring were, height was challenging. Were you like a, the O-course. a, a Double rat? Yeah, I was uh, supposed to be double rats, but I ate too slow, so I never had the time. Oh, okay. So, so for so those listening, a double rat is your rations. So somebody who's, I guess, the average size, 5'9 uh, to 5'11, um, 180. Your you're height, weight, I guess, proportionate. You know, you're, you're at the right weight. Yep. If, you know, you're smaller in weight, like you weigh less than your height, they're going to give you more food. You're a double ration. You need, double the food. Yep. You they need to, They're going to bulk you up. Exactly. And then person like myself, um, I was a diet recruit. So I was restricted on everything. So probably like the stuff that you would eat, I could not eat. Um, very, you know, and that's the double rat and diet recruit portion of that. Um, Which the drill instructors used to pick on me. <laughs> so I got punished when the double rat fat kids got punished for being too skinny. Really? I got punished when the skinny kids got punished because I was skinny like that. Oh my. So they put it, they put us into these groups of people to have uh, cooperative pain and, and torturing. Yeah. So where's my fat bodies? So whenever the fat bodies got in trouble and got quarter decked, yeah. your boy here had to go quarter deck with them. <laughs> Why? Because their explanation was I was too skinny. They needed, I'm not they, making they, this needed, up. they needed them had muscle mass to you. <laughs> like you need to come out here with these guys as well. Oh man. <laughs> and then I got I got uh all the Hispanic kids, they just called us Hernandezes. Just every one of them. Every one of them. There was like eight or nine of us. So we all got punished together. If one of us got in trouble, we all got quarter deck together. We'd all go to the same <laughs> so together. Did they just yell Hernandez? <laughs> they just yell and then they sometimes say, you know, Fernandez's or they just make up a name, but most of it was Hernandez's. <laughs> And all, there was all the, only one Hernandez. And all the Spanish kids would come. Yes, all the Spanish kids would come. Anybody brown would come. Oh. There was this one Indian kid. He might come sometime. They just loot them in. Because <laughs> he was brown. Because yeah. he was being brown. Um, do you... Uh, you know, I didn't ask this in the, in the last episode. Do you remember your, your DIs or your bunkmate? Do you oh, remember? I remember my bunkmate very, very well. Yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican kid, Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, I lost track with him. Yeah, you know awesome. that's that's that's. Uh, I know the guy Van Benthuizen was was my. I'm sorry, what? Van Benthuizen was his last name. Wow, I, his first name I couldn't. I to say <laughs> if, if it was a to save my life. I actually I have could, no idea what mine is either. I could not remember his first name, but Van Benthuizen. I couldn't. I, you know, I'm like man. But um, and your DIs, you remember all your DIs? Yeah, I remember um, all my DIs really, really well. I kept in touch with one of them. And then the other one I saw in Quantico, and I cowered in fear. My really? senior, I saw my senior in the gym actually, and um, 
I just, he just scared scared the shit out of me. Still, still, it was it was it was ingrained in your yeah. In your head. The other two weren't really scary. You know, you could kind of knew it was kind of fake scary. You'd always be in boot camp trying to figure out what was drill instructor so and so's real MOS, right? But the senior, you knew he was a grunt. Like he, we all knew he was a grunt. Yeah. And um, and then he was one of the first black belts in McMap. Okay. This McMap had just come out, the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. Yeah. So he was one of the only black belt with red stripes, so instructors of black belts, on Paris Allen. Really? And everybody was scared of him. And we saw that. The the recruits saw that the uh, the drill instructors were scared of him, too. Of him. The yeah. drill instructors were scared of him. When we would do McMap, and they were off on the side doing like their own McMap training and kind of practicing with each other. Yeah, they were a little fearful. So, yeah, he's still scared to shit out of me. <laughs> as a, as a girl, yeah. out in, in the in your regular um, first duty station, then you see him, or were you out already when you saw him? It was him? in Quantico. It was, uh, psh, it was four years after I already got out of active duty, but oh, I was okay. still working there as, as a government guy. Yeah, even though he was still trying to, you know, he was hitting on my mom when <laughs> she showed up to boot camp, and my other drill instructor was hitting on my sister. <clears throat> Um, I was so scared of him. You know, I was going to, that's one of the questions that I had. Um, you brought it up. So did family come and visit you at, at the graduation? Yeah. So again, I didn't come for much, right? So I had to send my mom and my sister money Yeah. for them to be able to afford to come visit me in boot camp. Yeah. And that was one of those few times I was able to kind of break the boot camp, you know, the show of yelling and screaming. They kind of toned it down. They said, all right, you know, what bank account? Let's take you to the bank. You know, what's the situation like? It was surreal when they started talking to me. Like a person. Like a person. And they took me somewhere by myself. Yeah. It was trippy. Yeah. So I went to the Navy Fed in Quantico and I, I sent the money, but they were able to call me. Oh, They nice. drove all the way up from Miami to Paris Island. To Paris Island? Yeah. That's up. awesome, man. You got you had some family come to, to see you. Yep. Um, so you graduate. Uh, you, yeah, your family came to visit. Yep. Graduation, done, head back home. How was that? Coming back home in probably your uniform or sometimes your alphas or, you know. Yeah. I was still in robot mode. I specifically remember not being able to break out of that robot mode. I was still walking with my hands behind my back or... You, you when you when you stand still, you're at parade rest. Yes. Yeah, you're talking to people. Your hands are at parade rest. You're, it was you're... so strange. My friends were giving me crap about it. You know, we went to a restaurant one time, and I I barely said a word. I was eating fast. Uh, but then when I did the recruiter's assistance, so you you were there longer than yeah. That was when I finally broke free and I became kind of you know a little bit of my regular self, going to the mall and trying to you know recruit kids and. Back to normal, where you're still not a little bit, uh, I mean, you you brainwashed a little bit. You're in that mode of every day for three months of yelled at, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. Attention, parade rest, attention, parade rest. And then you get home and people, you again, yeah, you do catch it. And you're like, you're standing there with your hands behind your back, talking to somebody and very like, yes, no. Oh, super direct. Super Very Very direct. You're not. You know, yeah, you're a robot pretty much. I mean that, but to the Marine Corps, that's what you're. That's what you are. They did it. It worked. It works. They broke me down and they rebuilt they, me, and I'm now uh, <clears throat> obedient and disciplined, and I'll do whatever someone tells me to do. Yeah, I'm ready to go for the most part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after recruiter's assistance, you go back to. MCT. So I went to Marine Corps combat training. MCT. In Camp Lejeune. So after MC, MCT, there's it's not that long. I, I had to look it up. It's only like a month. Yep. That you're there. Um, from there, you go to school for right. for your your MOS. Uh, do you what what does MOS stand for? <laughs> Marine. Uh, Marine. Military occupational specialty. There you go. There. Yeah. I had to. I yeah. was like. Uh, and not and not the other branches don't use them once. They use other words. It's a different word? Yeah, that Army uses a different code thing. I'll have to i have to research that and see yeah. what they what they use. I couldn't I think they call it field or occupational field or something like that. Okay. I have to Google that. Um how was that? How was school? How was MCT in school um when you got there? MCT was pre internet, pre phones. Like we know, you know, there was no smartphones. Yeah. So I, I always think about that in relation to what kids are going through now. So it was just completely off the grid. That's it. It's you and your boys 
And yeah. that's it. And I met so many different people that I, I'll never forget some of these things. I met people that I would then further on go into school with and go to my first duty station with. Okay. That I'm still friends with today. Um, there was actually eight of us that went to boot camp, demo uh, to MCT, to job school, and then Quantico. Really? Yeah. It was uh, it was a big collection of us. I ended up just, you know, the way the Marine Corps worked it out, right? They needed eight PFCs to show up at Quantico yeah. to backfill all these spots. So we all went at the same time. So we kind of like realized that as we went along, oh man, we've been with each other for like the last six months. All different. Uh, uh, did y'all end up at the same job? Not the same job. There was like three or four <clears throat> different units or commands in Quantico that needed okay. new, fresh, okay. fresh bodies. Uh, but no, uh, MOS school was awesome. I went to 29 what, Palms. What was your MOS? Computers. So uh, I, I got my job and I got it confirmed at the end of the Marine combat training. They give you the paperwork and it says you're officially a 4066. That's a, what I was going to say. What were the, the, the numbers? Or yeah, the so 4066, small computer system something, and AKA computer guy, right? Yeah. And uh, the computer school was in 29 Palms, California, in the middle of the desert. And talk about a culture shock. Going from Miami to Camp Lejeune in the winter. Yeah. To 29 Palms in the desert. Yeah. Very, very big culture shock. There's nothing Literally nothing but a Denny's. (laughs) But but the desert. And sadness. It's so sad. <laughs> How long was it? How long was it? It was a two-month school. Yeah, it was a two-month school. You know, with a week of checking in, checking out and stuff. Yeah, that's usually the case. It takes time for you to get all your medical and paperwork signed yeah. in to BAS and and uh... <laughs> zip, 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 zip. Yeah, we'll fast forward through that. What's uh? So, <clears throat> like I asked uh, previously. Now that you're at school, you're kind of in, you're on your own. It's not boot camp where you can't do anything. It's not MCT where you're still a student. School is, you're a student, but you get some weekends off. Yeah. You have, you have liberty. You have free time to do things. How was, what, what did you and your boys do on free time for, you know, the first time that you're really on your own? So we didn't even know what free time really meant. It took a weekend or two to realize, wow, we can literally go off base and do whatever we want on this weekend. Like, what do we do? But we're in the desert. There's nothing to do. That's unfortunate. So the one or two guys who had a car, they were the shit. They were the kings. Oh, are you kidding me? You can take us somewhere? Let's go. So I'll buy you you fly. Heck yeah. I will buy you the sirloin steak at the Denny's. The steak and eggs. Let's go. Or Santana. Oh, they had that bomb ass burrito place off base. Santana's, I think it was. Drive through burritos. Oof. I wasn't. Uh, we would go. It was right off base. I was, yeah, I wasn't in, at two nine. I would go there for for the like combined arms exercise. Oh, but you were, you were not staying for the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't there for for that long to go off base like no, that. That was studying <clears> food. So I one thing we did was we were close to L.A. One of the guys was from L.A. So we went and visited. He was from a trailer. So we just went to a trailer and I went to a strip club in L.A., which can you imagine 19 year old privates from MOS school showing up in a fancy strip club yeah. in L.A.? They I, I, ate us up. I can. I can. Yeah, I can see that. It was it was fantastic, but scary at the same time. I was scared of those strippers. I was scared. <laughs> they were very scary. <laughs> was, uh, I mean, it's yeah. you're, you're on your own. You're, you're going to do this. You have money. Yeah. You, you're and the money. You're just like. Oh, man. And then you go to a strip club. Yeah, they're going to eat you up. Bro. Yep. They're going to eat you up and tell you everything. Drain your account. So then we got a little wiser. You know, one of us got an Xbox from the PX and Halo. Oh, was, yeah. Halo was was new. It was, was like the recent thing. Right. Yeah. So we strung Cat 5 cable out the window and strung our Xboxes together and connected them parties. up and land partied in different rooms. Yeah. You know, one good thing about being computer Marines, you have a. Uh, you know, this is practice, right? Yeah. Uh, cabling, cable. And mm. we played, um, you know, UFC games. It was a UFC fighting game. Pride. It was a pride fighting game. And, uh, yeah, I did barracks haircuts back then. <laughs> really? It was terrible. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. But, you know, saving money, right? Yeah, we, where we you cared, can. right? Nobody cared. It, you know, <clears throat> for those listening, it's every week, 
every week yep. the whole time you're in for every Monday, Monday morning, morning, Monday morning. You, don't be that guy without the haircut. You better have a fresh haircut come Monday morning. Even if you, you're, you know, I, I remember some guys coming in Sunday night, you know, they'd be with their families and they'd get back at, you know, late Sunday night and be like, yo, Hey, Casillo, can you hook me up real quick? I need I need a haircut. Who's like, got the clippers? Who's got clippers? Somebody always has a set of clippers. Somebody. And hook me up because I, I, that's why a lot of us at the time, it, it, I would just shave because it was easiest. If I was out partying all weekend, yeah. you know, and you're running late and you need a haircut or you forget to go or you spend all your money partying and you don't have money for a haircut, you know, clippers, zip, you yep. know, buzz, gone. Uh, so that's cool. So that, that, that worked out having, okay. having an Xbox, you know, you stayed in on the weekends, kind of, you didn't really go out too much. No, not too much. Just a we would eat. We didn't do anything like naturey because there is a lot of actually really pretty nature stuff to do outside of 29 Palms. So yeah, I'm sure Joshua Tree of, National yeah, Joshua Park. Tree, I'm sure but we had no car and we had no phone. We had no gear, you know, so it's not like we we're going to go to adventures. Yeah. Uh, you graduate that. Yep. Second in my class. Second. I missed it by a question. Really? One question. Oh, man. Second Second is the first, last. Second is, yeah. what's second place? Second place is the first, last. First result. to lose. First to lose. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. First you loser. The, uh, you're yeah. the first loser. Um, you, you graduate, and as you said before, you wanted to travel the world. Now, here at school, at your school, is it the same, How I guess for us, you kind of pick your duty station on where you want to go, or from the available list that they give you. Yeah, from the available yeah. list that they give you. Did they give you an option of where to go? They did. Yeah. So because I was number two, I could pick second from the available list. And this whole time, I wanted to go to Japan. I was told I would go to Japan. Mm-hmm. I was told not only would I want to go to Japan, but it would be a, almost a, an inevitable probability that a bunch of us could go to Japan. And for whatever reason, the Marine Corps needed. No privates or private first classes to go to Japan. There wasn't yeah. a single Japan spot. So it was a few Camp Lejeunes, but mostly it was the the commands and units throughout the Marine Corps that are more computer-focused, office-based things. Not the big infantry units in Camp Lejeune, Camp Pendleton, Okinawa. It was uh, defense finance needed a computer guy, so that's the first guy picked that spot. Um, Marine Corps Base Hawaii needed a few people. And um, Quantico needed eight. It was a third of the class was going to go to Quantico. So immediately my Japan dreams are shot. Yeah. And I had to pick really quickly. One thing I wanted to do was, all right, if I can't go to Japan, I want to go to the Marine Corps NOC, the Network Operations Center. If if I know, I love computers. I know I'm going to do computers in my career. So I'm going to make the best of it. I might as well go to the headquarters of computers for the Marine Corps. Yeah. And the... One of the lead enlisted guys from the Marine Corps knock, it's called the Mintnock at the time, came and pre-screened us. They, he came and inspected and kind of got a feel from the instructors who was the new kids coming in. They didn't want to just bring the dummies in, right? They yeah. were only going to bring in the top guys. So I was kind of already pre-vetted a little bit. And when the list came up, they said, all right, pick. And then the number one kid picked. He immediately picked the defense finance place because it was his hometown. And they said, all right, Botero, go pick number two. And I panicked. I couldn't, see, I didn't see for whatever reason the Marine Corps knock, the Mint knock in Quantico on the list. And I said, oh my God, I don't know what to pick. I don't know what to pick. Uh, Hawaii. You know what? I'll pick Hawaii. And I picked Hawaii. And then number three goes. And then as the rest of the people are picking, my mm-hmm. buddy, he's number seven. He's right next to me. He goes, hey, this Mexican kid named Contreras. He goes, hey, Botero, why didn't you pick Mint knock? You said you were, you were gonna wanted to go there. It was right there. Yeah. I'm like where? He's right there. I'm like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot, dude. I don't want to go to Hawaii. I'm from Miami. I don't care about sand. Yeah. Like I don't care about beaches. I want to go to the the computer place. Yeah. I'm like, bro, why don't you pick Mintnock? I picked Hawaii. We can switch after class. Done deal. He's like, all right, shake on it. You sure. Yeah, for sure, bro. I got you. We shook on it. He picked it. The rest of the people picked. And as the rest of the people were picking, he went back on his word. Oh. He said, damn, bro, Tero, man, I don't know. Like, that's really far away from Cali, man, and my girl. Like, I don't know how I'm going to take her, and I don't know if she's going to be cool. I'm like, Contreras, don't fuck me. <laughs> don't, you said you would do this. He's like, I don't know, man. 
I'm like, you know what? Screw you. And that, this is how I knew I was going to be in sales. Yeah. I started making deals with all these other dudes to switch their spot, to then switch it with another guy, to try to then switch it with the one other guy that got <clears throat> the second spot to Quantico. Yeah. And finally, I almost had this deal brokered. And Contreras came back and said, you know what, man? You're right. It's yours. All right, I'll switch with you. You and you were hustling to try and try and move. in my life forevermore changed. <laughs> like that single dealing and guilt trip that I gave this kid. Yeah, I mean you could have you could have went to Hawaii. We it would have changed everything. It could have changed everything completely. I could have been a twenty year marine. I could have never met my wife and ex wife. Yeah, I mean, man, yeah, that's that's, that's that Just one dealing. little moment. That's the one little moment that could have changed everything. I mean, it it, it really is because. I picked, uh, I picked Okinawa, I picked California, and I picked Lejeune, and I got neither. I got Quantico. Wow. <laughs> I, got, I got none. <laughs> those if they give you top three, uh, and I, I didn't get that. None of those. So, you graduate school. Yep. You're coming. You you get your orders. You're coming to Quantico. What's that? Uh, what's that like? You, you know, you you went from Miami, the the beach city. And you go to the desert, and now Quantico. You're kind of in the it's it's the woods. I mean, I experienced all four seasons within the first <laughs> nine months of my Marine Corps because I went in the deep of winter in Camp Lejeune. Oh, okay, yes, that was cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but the Quantico was beautiful. When I showed up, I could not. The first memory I have, and still, I think about every time I go on base at Quantico is. There is so many freaking trees and forests in this town. Yeah, it's a lot. When you drive in Quantico, there's no base until like 10 minutes later. You have to drive through trees when you go through the main gate. Yeah. And I just remember looking at all these trees. There's not That doesn't exist yeah. in Miami. There's no forest like that. So when you... No, so the, you, you joined after 9-11. Yeah. Yep. So there this was, was, uh, was already a gate. Yes. There were gates. It wasn't open. Yeah, the uh, main gate of Quantico was, was, was still, you know, the main gate of Quantico. The main gate. The back gate was different. Yeah, before nine eleven, it was a, you could just drive on, no, no, no guard. Oh, I cannot even imagine. You can't, can't the, yeah. doesn't compute. Nope. <laughs> yeah, there was no no guard. You could just drive right on in. Yep. Um, so you get here. What's uh, walk me through a, a normal day? You 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 get up in the morning. Um, are you staying? What kind of barracks you are you are you in? Um, and then what's your your normal day to day job? Yep, Quantico had a, a mixed bag of barracks on the main side of base. So there were some newer ones, some older ones, some in the middle. I got the newer one with a a, a card instead of a key, which okay. was super cool at the time. We all thought we were like a hotel key almost. Yeah. Meanwhile, a couple of my buddies went to the old one that there were still rats and you know three beds in one room, and it was terrible. And yeah, that's what uh, I had—the three yeah. beds in one room. Their laundry machines didn't work, so they would do laundry in my barracks because we had brand new washing <laughs> machines. And the normal day was a mix where at first they threw us on shift work, me and this other guy who got stationed at the the knock. And uh, we immediately got a meal card, meaning that instead of having to go to the cafeteria to eat our breakfast, lunch and dinner, we could actually have uh, money show up in our checking account. And we were expected to feed ourselves like, buy our own food because really? we we're on shift work. Right. The, the, the chow hall is not open. Okay. So that was a really interesting experience at 19, getting that extra money and now having to go learn how to feed myself. Yeah, you had to. So you didn't have, um, well, there was no kitchenettes, obviously. No, no kitchenettes. Nope. Our but food. I was the barrack chef, though. You. I had the George Foreman grill. <laughs> I had the microwave. I had a hot plate with a skillet. Yeah. And so I was cooking. I grew how up cooking. How did you hide that during field day? Did, Field day inspection yeah. or inspections. I just, I talked it away. Yeah, I cl- It was clean, perfectly clean. So I just yeah. talked it away and never got any crap for it. So you had to feed, that's, that's, I've never heard of that, you know, because for us, majority. Yeah. I guess that you don't do shift work. You're going to the chow hall. Right. You get up, you go to the chow hall. It's, it's always there. There's always food. Not always, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner during the, those time frames, there's food. Right. You know. Um, or you get relief. Hey, go get chow. Go get chow. I guess if you're in shift work like you're doing, you have to feed your own yourself. You're like, yep. figure it out. Here's money. Go figure it out. That's that's interesting. I, I didn't know that that existed. So if you if you can say what 
what you did. Yeah, sure. Um, well, what did you what what did you do for like during the day or? Yeah, so I was a for the computer people of the world. I was working on Windows based Microsoft stuff. So okay. I was supporting the rest of the Marine Corps network, the enterprise network of the entire Marine Corps. At 19 years old, they threw me to the fire. They said, go support the rest of the Marines. So I was getting support calls from the other IT computer Marines throughout the Marine Corps when they needed help. I was on email. So the entire Marine Corps email system at that time was this old antiquated system. I was getting trained up on it. So I became a Microsoft email administrator starting at 19 years old and 2000 this is in 2003 2003 yeah this when it started when i started and um but i was also a private first class in quantico so i was painting sidewalks i was cutting grass i was (laughs) doing the dumb marine corps marathon volunteer duty and all these other volunteer duties i was yeah that's right that's that's cool yeah i mean to be at that so you were you like a third tier uh, I was no, I was tier the, tier tier three, tier three support tier three support tier three for the that's what the knock is right. It's tier three Marine Corps support for yeah. you know the lower level guys. If your computer breaks and fixes, that's not me, right? And then if they can't figure it out, they ask someone else. And if they can't figure it out, like the whole base goes down or all email goes down to Quantico or something like that, they were calling my section. Okay, in the Marine Corps, that's at awesome, the knock. dude. That, and I really... was talk about fake it till you make it. Those first years. <laughs> I was faking it, but I was grinding. I was studying my ass off, trying to keep up. I had really, really good mentors there. So, how is that? You know, for other for other jobs, and you know the like myself, the amphibious vehicle crewman. Um, you know, you got a vehicle. You have your your maintenance you have to do. Is your quote unquote maintenance your certificates or anything like that that they have to keep you up on? You know, technology is always evolving. Like yep. every day or there's something new coming out and you have to stay on top of that with, with the, you know, the Marine Corps network. How, how is that? What did you have to do for that? Yeah, that's exactly it. So it's mostly on the job training and you have to self study and keep up. But in advance, there's also the training budget. They have a pretty good training budget to go get with Microsoft, with Cisco, with all these people of the world of software and hardware vendors. Do they push you and they, to do it, or oh, yeah. do you, like is it is it a uh, requisite that hey these these need to get done, or I mean because you can't really I'm thinking in my head now like you can't really plan for things to come out. You don't know what the Microsoft is developing, right? So when something new c- gets rolled out, you're like, oh, I got to get on that because I want to. Yeah. It does it help for promotions. So it wasn't a direct requirement for promotion in the junior ranks to go get these industry computer industry certifications but it was for everything else and they were pushing you to get it they were absolutely pushing you but there were some guys who you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease grease, right so people like me who were just sponges and they wanted like the matrix i want it all give it to me all yeah and they just they just yes (laughs) i know kung fu i want more (laughs) uh so they would send you to more if you ask for more you yeah. know, I would beg, borrow, and plead to get myself into trainings that had nothing to do with my section because I just wanted to learn stuff. Uh, but then if you also were kind of one of the lazy ones or one of the ones who wasn't trying and, and really um, taking advantage of your opportunity, they wouldn't send you. Yeah. And you'd get crap duty. You'd so get there the, was a mix. You'd get the shit duty, that, yeah. a shit detail that you had to go and do or something like that because they knew you weren't. You're were just kind of coasting through. Exactly. You're just coasting through, doing your time. Um, you know, so, uh, man, I lost my train of thought there where I was going with that again. Cause it's just, I feel like it's for me, myself, I don't know that side of the Marine Corps. You know, I don't, I don't know what, you know, you do on a daily basis, you know, what you need, you know, for, you know, for us, it's, it's a lot of the, and everybody's a a pogue besides a grunt. (laughs) Which is the the definition, P-O-G. We were, we were the most pogue of the pogues. Yeah, I mean. personnel other than grunt is a pogue. Yeah. And that's what everybody gets called. But we're still, you know, we're knuckle dragger, draggers, you know. We're, we're Pick stuff up, put it down. We're, we're, you know, doing police call. We're walking the, the, what do you call it, the parking lot, picking up cigarette butts and stuff like that. Like doing all this stupid stuff. And I, I don't know what, 
you know, on, on your side of the base, you're on the opposite side that I was, mm-hmm. you know, what you guys are doing, you know, you had your own, did you have a roommate or were you your own room? We had roommates. So we were still living barracks life, but you know, we had the newer rooms. So it was only two guys in one room, two guys in one with, room. with the bathroom in each room. You had your own bathroom yeah. in the room. Oh my that God. great concept. That's I can't good. even imagine <laughs> how you had. It was, it was a, so our, our bathrooms were, it was a squad bay where there was one open area with the TV and we were fortunate that the company put the pool table in our, in our squad bay. So we had a pool table, but then there was three stalls, three bathroom stalls, I think a urinal, three shower stalls, three sinks, uh, all it's like one room. So they're all next to each other. So yeah. We, it's, I did not have my own bathroom in my room. That's <laughs> the, the concept. It. That, that, it that concept it. does not apply to me to have my own bathroom. Yeah, I, for that instance, I was definitely spoiled. We yeah. were we were pretty lucky. Yes, that's, that's, you were a little bit lucky. You're a little bit lucky. So now that you're here, are you going back home? Are you you're here at Quantico? You're doing your job. You're you're in. You're in the Marine Corps now. Yep. You're doing your stuff. Do you do you get told? I just it just popped into my head. I don't have this on my my uh, outline here. Do you get told that you're not in the fleet? Oh yeah, Marine. So the being at Quantico, I was specifically told day one you are not in the Fleet Marine Force. Really? Oh, yeah. we are a support organization for yeah. the Fleet Marine Force. Yeah, yeah. You are here to support them. Yeah, yeah. and we were we were getting calls. In Iraq, from dudes who needed help, I got yelled at by sergeants and in Afghanistan or Iraq. I specifically remember that. Like, hey, Lance Corporal, this isn't a support ticket that you put into your ticketing system. I need my email up now. Yeah, fix it now. Yeah. So did you know the support that you guys provide? It's obviously the Marine Corps network, which is throughout the the world. How many, how much did that affect like during the, the war and stuff like that? How did you get, can you, in, in, you know, provide a little more on that or? Yeah. So most of my day to day was supporting the garrison, which garrison meaning the, the bodies sitting in the continental United States or our bases that um, were not in the United States, but, you know, bases, our Marine Corps bases throughout the world. So that's garrison, not tactical. There was a separate team of dudes and, and ladies who were doing tactical support mission support for tactical but they weren't experts like we were in some of the things we were so we would also help out with them sometimes too okay and they would grab uh, a few people from the email team the network team the firewall team and send them with first marine expeditionary force second marine expeditionary force when they were transitioning in and out of country and yeah. they'd be setting up their networks they would bring a couple of us from from the midnock or the mcnosk to support them yeah um i never got to go i was clamoring to go i wanted to go so bad you look for those of us i'm gonna get a little closer to the microphone you need your it guys trust yes. me we we thank our it guys for everything your it and the radio guys the communication like hey my, my radio's not working fix it i need my fucking radio i need comms I need comms. you know or I, I guess in your your case you know i need data i need data i need this data now and the comms were switching. We were switching from old to new. And comms now went over data. It was, so it was prime data. time. It was, it was like brand new. 2003, you know, these wars that were kicking off, this was now the, the beginning of what, what the modern world was going to be doing now in the military for email, messaging, um, you know, voice over IP eventually came over soon. And it depended on us. Yeah. You need your IT. Not guys. me, personally. I never deployed, unfortunately, but... Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Quantico is. It's not a, you know, it's not a, a deployable. It's it's student year. Again, you have OCS there, the Officer Candidate School. You have uh, yeah. T, the basic school, which is their MCT for officers. So, yeah, you don't get to deploy much. Did you, so, um, did you get to go home? Did you go home a lot? while? You, yeah, while you were so in? Quantico was 16 hours from Miami. So, I did the dumb single Marine young thing to do. I would drive on a Friday by myself with a case of amp energy drinks, some peanut butter cookies and some potato chips. And I would drive a 16 hour drive in 14 and a half 
15 hours and um, go visit friends, chase girls, and eventually I I reunited and uh, married a former high school girlfriend of mine. And I was driving down to see her and on long yeah. weekends, on those you know four-day weekends that we had. That, that was my next question. Did you have family uh, or kids while you were serving? Well, you know, active duty. You had, you had, so you had a, you were married. Yeah. So I got, I got married as the young Marine who was told not to get married. I was ordered not to get married by my NCOs. They specifically told me that and I did it anyways. I eloped behind their back. Yeah. I had a, something happen with my mom too. She got sick. So I combined, you know, visiting my mom and then I snuck and I married my, uh, my soon to be ex-wife. <laughs> my future ex-wife Your future ex-wife and um i did it anyways and i i knew better you know that's what i was thinking at 20 i know better it's not like that i actually love her and yeah and we're gonna do it differently we're gonna do it smart and they said this is the worst do not get married that is that is uh like myself you know when when i started dating my current wife now you know you look around and everybody's getting married Yep. 18, 19 year old. I met, I met this girl, man. I love her, you know, and you, they start dating. And then within months you get married and pregnant, ma- married, pregnant. Uh, it's extra money. If you're married, you can get, you can live off base. You know, you get your um, housing allowance. And that's what we did. And you're like, we're getting married. We're doing it. You know, yeah. like you think financially, a lot of, a lot of military members, do that at the, at the young age um so you got your 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 wife now your 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 family your family you're stationed here um are are you getting out yeah so i was you know that first enlistment is four years at the time and i was 21 22 and and kind of like what you're saying i what am i gonna do well yeah what are you gonna do now are you gonna re-enlist so i was never really planning on making the marine corps a career but I wanted to see maybe if I could get a cool enough retention incentive to go somewhere cool as yeah. in, as the next duty station, either Miami or maybe Germany or something like that, enough to convince my wife at the time to maybe stay in. Um, she didn't want to raise a family in the military and do the three years switch duty station kind of lifestyle and raise a family. I didn't really either. I wanted to raise a family and I didn't really want to do that either. So I was cool with that. And I also wanted to make real money. Yeah. At 22, I realized as I'm seeing all these contractors working alongside of me as an active duty Marine, they're making almost six figures. And I'm making sergeant's pay. You know, I'm still yeah. making sergeant's pay, but I'm a Microsoft certified engineer. I'm a, you know, all these other software products engineer at this point. I'm four years in now. I'm actually really good at what I do. I'm, I'm pretty smart at this point and, and pretty experienced. And I but realized, you're still a sergeant. But I'm still a sergeant. In the Marine Corps. I'm getting paid just as much as the knuckle draggers. Yeah. And, you know, I know my value, my leverage, and I realized, no, I, I want to go get paid. So uh, I had something happen with my mom. She got sick. So I was trying to do a humanitarian transfer to Miami. Yep. They said, no, can't do it. So once that happened, it was a done deal. I was getting out. And yeah. I still wanted to be, what's that? There's still wa- there's water there if you want. Oh, water. cool. Thanks. But I still wanted to be a Marine. I was torn with that. So I figured out the best bet. I was transitioned to the Marine Corps Reserve right here in this same unit, in my same cubicle. I'm going to come back to work, help you guys out, still kind of, you know, help my brothers out. And, you know, you're going to get a great deal out of me for, for the pay, right? You're going to get me. I'm already experienced. I know exactly what to do. And I'll do it on the weekends. Yeah. And I'll, or I'll come in a couple of days a week. Yeah. And that's what I did. It was a perfect. And I didn't know later on they were going to start recalling. And that's what I was going to, my, my next question was going to be like, when you were transitioning out of the Marine Corps, you know, what was your plan, which pretty much you just answered. You're like, I'm going to, st-. you were able to stay and do your job as, and that's the difference. You know, I, there's not, there's not a lot of contractors that do what I did. Exactly. There's no contractor work to be an amphibious crewman. You, you get out and you're just like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can be a janitor because I know how to clean. You know, that's that's always the joke that you always hear people say. Yeah, we're really good janitors. Yeah, we're, we train that early. We're, we're really good janitors. I know how to clean really well. <laughs> um, what am I going to do when I get out? At least in your case, you were able to take what you do, what you did in the Marine Corps, 
and almost perfectly transitioned into the civilian world. And um, how was that when when you you were going through that process? So it didn't work out to how I thought it was going to work out. I thought it was going to be nice and comfortable. I would just go back to work where I was as a contractor, making those near six figures. This is back in 2006. So, you know, like, let's say like 50 to $75,000. I thought if I was doing that, I'd be, I'm rich. Yeah. And I thought that's what was going to happen. It's me guys. It's me. Like I can just come right back to work. And what ended up happening was they didn't have a spot for me. I didn't get what I wanted. I thought this was going to be just perfect. It was, it had to happen. And no, they didn't hire me. Really? So I went to go work down the street. I found another contracting job down the street. Ended up being the best thing for my career at the time. Thank God I did that because if not, I would have stayed comfortable and I wouldn't have grown like I did when I had to go some, learn something new. Yeah. Go meet new people that are not Marines. Yeah. I had to go work in the civilian world for the first time. Yeah. Because even though I would have could have worked at the Marine Corps at the same place as a civilian, that day-to-day life is not a civilian. You're you, around Marines the entire time, right? Yeah. So still the same you're, thing. You're still got, you still have a foot in, exactly. in the door and you're still you never really life. get out. You never really get out of the Marine Corps. Right. Same thing with the government people, the people who switch directly from active duty to government in the same place. You're not really out of going out into the civilian world and that's comfortable and that's good, but I needed growth. I was always growth minded yeah. early on and I wanted challenges. So the best thing happened to me and I got a job out. So when you're getting out, um, one of the, the questions I wanted to ask is, is, did you deal with the the VA and how, how does that, you know, cause now you hear that some of the, the Marines or any uh, service member that's in another branch that I think, I don't know hundred percent, you know, I mean, I may be wrong, but they're helping the service members with the VA now Yep. that, Hey, get your packet ready. Or while you're still in, you're getting your your medical records and everything in order. Mm-hmm. So when you transition, you can go into the VA, and it helps you, you know, financially. Really, did did you didn't so you didn't get that? So I did. I had mentorship telling me the the senior enlisted guys telling me, you know, take care, get everything ready, that whole spiel, right? But nothing happened to me. Literally nothing happened to me. The worst thing that happened to me physically, which is embarrassing, is I got hit in the face in my nose with a softball during intramural softball. And I'm the one who threw the ball. I threw the ball up in the air. I was playing catch, like preparing, and I missed and it hit my nose. And I had to go, I had like a, a bruised nose. That was literally the only thing. And ego, bruised nose yeah, and ego. And I came with like two band-aids on my nose every day I work. What is wrong? What happened? I got hit in the face with a softball. <laughs> That's the only thing that happened to me. Now, later on, it turns out tinnitus is a thing that happens yes. when you're working in lo- loud data centers yeah. for long hours with no ear protection. And I did that and I have tinnitus. I didn't know that. Uh, but other than that, I had nothing. So my VA story is I have no contribution. I just I really had nothing. OK, no, yeah. that's 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 fair enough. And everyone told me, you sure you sure? I'm like, no, I'm seriously. I took some Motrin for a headache one time. That was it. Like nothing else happened. <laughs> you go see Doc and they yeah. say, hey, drink water, take a Motrin. Yeah, a horse pill of a Motrin. Yeah, the 800 milligram oh Motrin. Take take one of these Motrins and drink a lot of water. Yeah. It's pretty much, hey, man, it worked. It really does. Drink water. and It is. <laughs> it does help you out. So did you, uh, the, a lot of the guys that you got stationed were with, um, have you, did you keep in touch with them? After yeah, most of them. I mean, we kept, there was eight of us that all came from school to Quantico at the same time. Most of us kept in touch. Some of us even ended up working kind of around ourselves throughout our career. A couple of guys went off the grid later on. Like one guy became an artist, you know, like a graphic artist. One guy became a piano teacher um, oh, at nice. some point. So, you know, a couple of us went a little off, off the radar from the computer field. Uh, but most of us, I would say, Still worked in the Quantico area. The D.C. metropolitan area is too good for computers. Yeah. It's, in, it's, in in the government space, right? So yeah. I looked at jobs in Miami and computers, and it just n- would never make sense. It doesn't really compute to other areas. I don't know. It I, doesn't. It To think about going somewhere else and being like, there's not that. You don't have really a lot of data centers? I'm like, no. Where in this area, the, the D.C. metro area, it's like there's data centers everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's all these three-letter agencies that have data centers 
around, you know? And that's the key right there is the need for clearances. Yeah. Whereas anywhere else in the country as much, you're not special with a clearance. There's no need for it. Yeah, there's Whereas no Whereas here, we need it. You need it, yeah. You, I mean, They'll pay a premium for it. White House, Pentagon, again, what what other, three, CIA. Anything that ends in the word agency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all in this area. Yep. So it's good to have that, that background. You know, for those who are listening that, you know, maybe have somebody that's, whenever you have a young I, I could say kid now, I guess, because I'm, I'm old. I know. It's just, it's, it's, I hate I, saying it. <laughs> I feel so bad because I used to be that kid. Yeah, I used to be that kid. But I guess you know, there's a kid, a high schooler, that's like, they don't know what I want to do. You know, it, it's, we need, you do need knuckle draggers. Uh, knuckle draggers. You Absolutely. Know, we, we need those guys. The guys that kick down doors, the, the gung-ho Marines that are, you know, I'm, I'm going to go kill some motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need those guys. And that's what the Marine Corps is. But we also need our IT guys. And when they transition out, you know, for those that are maybe somewhere else in the United States, this is a very rich area to, to come when you get out, if you need that oh, yeah. for IT after you get out of the Marine Corps. And you, so you mentioned you were um, reserved. What are the benefits of being a reservist while you're, what, what do you still get to do with being a reservist? Uh, one of the things for me was I still get to work at this highly marketable, you know, pretty um, high end place for computers in the Marine Corps. It's a it's a valuable thing on my resume mm-hmm. and in my my skill set to be still able to work here and work on what I was working on before, but now you know I'm older, so that that was super valuable for me, especially as I got forward uh, looking into sales I got into a sales career selling to the Marine Corps in computers so that's the place to sell to right so that ended up being one of the most best decisions I've ever could have made was staying in the reserves and keeping my relationship building going yeah in this place that I had worked at and ended up working at for 13 years yeah I worked there for 13 years throughout my time as active reserve and government and it's I'm part of this very unique fraternity you were you forgot you were you were federal and I was a government employee there at that same place really for two years I yeah. forgot I think I forgot about that you were federal that's right and then you transitioned out what do you do what do you do now so I'm an IT sales guy I sell cybersecurity software to the Marine Corps and Navy that's I mean you set up your base from the beginning you knew from the beginning you knew every so you knew sales not planned. no but building a network and realizing that early on, absolutely. I was, and I specifically remember, I was the kid at 1920 making friends with all of these contractors, the older people, the government people, the senior enlisted, the officers. I was just bubbling around just the social butterfly trying to make friends. And, with everybody. With everybody and getting to learn them. I was taking smoke breaks with the smokers even though I didn't smoke. Yeah. Just, you know, absorbing from them. Absorbing, I was just, a sponge. just shooting the shit, just talking. Yep. I was building, learning about build, real estate from them, business, computers. I was networking. I was always networking from day one. Nice. And then yep. they go into sales now and selling back to these guys. It was like, it was a fish in a barrel. Yep. Almost. <laughs> Target rich environment. <laughs> um, if you could go back and change something about your service, good or bad, what would you change? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Oh, you know, the the college education part is probably maybe the only thing I could think of where we had free college education afforded to us. If we wanted to take college, it was free. Yeah. And I did some of it. I didn't really push it too hard. I was really focusing on my IT career. So I was spending my free time before I was married studying. So, you know, I was a Microsoft type of person, so I was learning Microsoft stuff. Um, and I didn't really focus on school too much. So maybe that, I, I would have liked to at least have gotten that done. Now, I don't care. I'll never take, I'll never complete my degree. Yeah. It is irrelevant for my career Yeah, to finish yeah. my degree. And so I don't care now. Um, but back then, I was, you know, I had plenty of time. I could have done it. Yeah. When you don't, pre-kids, pre, pre-kids pre-marriage, and- pre-really family time. And the Marine Corps, I mean, because technically they do pay for it after you get out with your VA bill. 
the G, the GI bill, excuse me, the GI bill, um, they do pay for it. But you have a family. You get out, and there's a limit to it, though. Yeah, and there's a limit. You you can't go all the way through college. Well, you can while you're in. Exactly. They could have. You could have did it while you're in. You had an. You have enough time. You don't have to. For those listening, you know, if you're in the service now, you don't have to go out. You can, you know, worry about your career after you get out of the Marine Corps. Um, okay. Yeah, but, but other than that, I don't regret a single other thing. Okay. No. My life is silly. I have a silly life. I'm beyond blessed. Yeah. I, I, I was given an opportunity and I took advantage of it and I bust my ass and I made the best of it. Unlike I saw what some people did and they didn't and they flaked out and they, you know, didn't get good jobs and they went back home and, you know, just didn't really excel. But I, I was in an opportunity to learn and absorb as much as possible. And I did. And you stayed, you stayed where, where the job was. Exactly. Um, you know, not a lot of uh, most, I think most of the, the service members, when you, you do, if you're doing four, if you're only doing four, I think I may be wrong. I may be presuming, but a lot of them usually go back home to where they were born and raised. You right. Know. Um, what are here? My next question is, this one's good. For, <laughs> what are habits that you picked up from the Marine Corps, whether good or bad? Ooh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, I, I remember this being a difference between myself when I got to my first civilian job was I realized holy crap, I am working or can outwork anyone here that isn't used to that grind yeah. of either shift work or having to you know support a guy who needs help at 2 a.m. in the morning, no matter what. Yeah. Like I learned the work ethic that we got as a habit and as a, as a practice was a, a competitive edge. Did you ever get told once you transitioned out and you're like, hey, you need to, you need to chill. <laughs> you need to slow down. I got some of that. I got a lot of, I would always ask like every month to my management, my new management, how am I doing? Tell me how I'm doing. Am I doing good? Am I bad? What can I improve on? They said, don't worry. We'll let you know if you're not doing well. I'm like, I need pros and cons. I need, <laughs> I need response feedback. I need, you know, mentoring. And it wasn't like that. You know, that's a, uh, I hadn't thought about that, but maybe subconsciously that's a thing that you need. You need that feedback because okay. in the ring, it's given to you. Oh, you're going to get it. You're going to get that feedback right away, whether you're doing good or bad. Yep. You know, and you're in the civilian world. It doesn't happen that way. Usually you have your mid-year review or your end of the year review twice a year. It's almost instant in the like, hey, your 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 work is shit. Yep. You need to you need to fix it. Get your shit squared away. It was a leadership quality to do that. Yeah. To your, you know, your troops yeah. that you led. You, yeah. Square yourself. You get squared away. Like, you know, you need to fix your shit. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. To, yeah. You had to um, slow down. I, I, I got that myself a lot when I was out of the out of the Marine Corps. And it was like, hey, yeah, you, you we don't slow down. Like, no, it was like you gave me the do- job. I'm going to complete the task. That too. What's sure. the next, what's the next task? You know, it's like, no, slow down. We don't do that here. Yeah. I remember the asking of a lot of questions was a thing that they weren't used to. Yeah. I wanted all the details. I wanted lots of questions answered. And, uh, you know, we had to slow that down a little bit. And then I say bad habits was not taking ignorance or people not working very hard well. I kind of got my, uh, I was bothered a little bit when, where people were being ignorant or, or uninformed about things and then they wouldn't go do the work to go find out themselves. And, yeah. You know, we, we had a lot of, uh, we have a saying in the computer field, right? You say RTFM, read the fucking manual. Yeah. There's nothing worse than, than the newer sysadmins or system administrators saying, how do I do this? How do I do this? It's like, Google it. What do you, Google, look it up. Go look it up. Have you read the manual? <laughs> Go read yeah. the fucking and that's something we trained out in, in the Marine Corps, especially, and I'm sure in the rest of the, the branches. But, you know, it's one of the first things, that instinct. You have to fight that instinct back from your newer troops. Read the manual. Did you try to answer your own questions? Yeah. If not, don't waste my time. Look it up. I will help you, but you need to actually put some effort in yourself. Yeah. And that's one of those things I still carry to this day. It's, it's, 
it's hard to, you know, I never, I never thought of it that way. Like whenever somebody asks you a question and you don't know the, the answer, some people will just, they'll just blurt out something and be like, no, it's okay to say, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. And that's, I think that's what you're saying. It's like, if you don't know, look it up and I'll get you, I'm going to get you that answer. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to get you that right. answer. And I'm going to put the work in behind to get you that answer. Um, so as we're getting close, I think that's that's a lot of the questions that I have. Most of the questions that I have, um, you know, you, you from joining the Marine Corps boot camp, your job, you get out. Now you're you're a salesman to the Marine Corps. To the Marine Corps, yep. Uh, to the same people. To I the same people at. you used to work for. Um, so. I guess yeah. Those that's gonna wrap up my questions that I have for you. Um, do you have anything for me? You know, do you want? Do you want? Uh, you have any questions? Um, any any plugs you want to yeah. want to mention? So the Marine Corps, uh, you know, taught me to be a little entrepreneurial. I, I the barracks haircuts. The I was trying to make money. You know, doing laundry and stuff in the barracks with those new laundry <laughs> wait, machines. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is a true story. What's make money? selling or doing laundry yeah my friends got to the crappy barracks with bad laundry machines and so to try to make a buck i was i said i'll do your laundry for 20 bucks really bring it over here and i'll do it because we had like 40 machines and i i did their laundry no shit i did that i did that a bunch of times actually that's very entrepreneurial because they were lazy they were okay you're like shit i'm I'm not doing anything anyway i'll 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 do the line. I'll make some money. I'll make some money. Why not? Yeah, I was still poor mentality from growing up. So any way I could make money, I was going to do it. Always hustling, man. Always hustling. So I've been a hustler since day one. And so um, being an entrepreneur, I learned about real estate. I learned about investing. And uh, I'm Colombian, so I learned about the coffee business. And so now I'm selling my own coffee. Really? Importing coffee, selling my own coffee, and trying to include that as part of my, my brand. Building yeah. a brand from day one, you gotta learn. Is that how to what do you that. brought today? Yeah, I'm drinking. We're drinking some I, fine Colombian now. coffee from a family farm. It was delicious, and I don't drink. You know, just to I don't drink coffee. I I quit drinking coffee about a year ago. I have a, and I apologize to because you weren't drinking good coffee. Uh, <laughs> That's why. I'll apologize to Mauricio. It's not really coffee, but I'll have. You know, wife will go to Starbucks. I'll get a Starbucks. It's not. It's not coffee. He's shaking his head. It's expensive brown water. <laughs> this co- is good. I'm gonna here in a minute. I'm sure once the co- I'm gonna start getting jittery <laughs> because I don't drink coffee. But that was good, and I don't. It was really good. It, it, I haven't got any heartburn yet. So you need low acidic coffee. See, I don't. I don't know these things. And that's the thing. <laughs> you're the you're the coffee guy. I don't know it, but it was it was really good. I like it. Again, that's probably why I'm like. I'm uh, I'm blathering because I haven't had caffeine, <laughs> and I'm like Going straight to the veins, straight to the veins, man. <laughs> so that's good. Do you have uh, you have any information you want to? Yeah, go to Invest More Money on Instagram. I'm going to put my my storefront page on there. And that's where you'll be able to find a link to buy my coffee. All right, I, if I can figure it out, uh, you know, I'll put that in there as well. Invest More Money um, for anybody. Yeah, to wrap this up, you know, I appreciate you being here, bud. Um, I love when we get to hang out together. We're pretty, we're pretty much chatty Cathy's as it is. <laughs> I think, um, at least that's what, what our, our wives told us that, um, like, what are y'all talking about? Like, I don't, I don't know. Just, just, just talking, talking, just talking. Um, I appreciate you being here. Um, thank you, Sergeant Botero for being present and accounted for. 